I like to rant. Ranting is fun. It also makes cleanses the soul. Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Surely that can't be the case. One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle. This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Selva Team Chris, Luke Jaconis. Luke, uh, how, how's it going? How's life? Um, uh, my, yeah, you know, outside the, outside the Tigers. I don't know that we want to ask you how, how your Tigers life is going quite yet. We'll get there when it's your time to rant. Yeah, my Tigers life is not great, um, not great at all. But uh, my personal life, not bad. Uh, it's very, very, very hot right now down in Florida. Like, for those who are familiar with the area, the state, this time of year, it's hot. Everybody knows that. But, like, usually the the real dead months where you feel like you walk outside and melt to a pop, like a popsicle um, is that July and then like August and then September also the seasons never change in Florida. So it was a complete culture shock for me when I moved down here from the Chicago area, because you know, we have our, we have our regular seasons there. Some seasons stay longer than others looking at you winter. Um, but in Florida, it's like, it's, it's like usually May to October is hot and it's just brutal. And then you get like a couple of weeks, like in November and December and then, January, February, March are kind of a coin toss. More often than not, it's a little cooler. But right now, this is this is like it's only what the second week of June, maybe moving on to week three around there, the mid June part, and it feels like we're at the end of August. It is hot, hot. You walk outside, you just start sweating. Even you get out of the shower, you start sweating. You got to jump right back in. I just shower twenty four seven, and my water bill is through the roof. I hear you. I hear you. It's it's similarly. Similarly in New York, it is it has hit that season where um you're you're either going out to an appointment or you're showering. Um those are mm-hmm. kind of the two the two steps of the day as you go through and add add in there, you know, the, the just the dirtiness of the subways. And uh yeah, you're you're pretty much never clean until this the second you step out of the shower, probably time to get back in. You know, you know it's so funny. I don't think we ever really talked about it, but when walk you know i lived in chicago for a little over a year and you know i grew up 45 to an hour outside of the city like my entire life um but when i was living there like you know you know in this case the l it's not a pleasant place you know i wouldn't i wouldn't propose to someone i wouldn't take someone on a fancy rendezvous to the l you know go up to the north side on the red line but there was something just even more grungier and gross about a new york subway yeah. like chicago's not great i'm not saying it's great by any means but new york almost i think it's just like that stigma it's like ah this is a new york subway i mean case in point to be fair i don't know if i said this on the show but i think i told you personally off the show one day uh we were driving out or we were on the subway heading out to uh battery park to go to the 9-11 memorial which was brilliantly 
heartbreaking and powerful. And I could do a whole show about why I thought that was a terrific thing and just so brutal, but also beautiful at the same time. A lot of, a lot of mixed feelings there, but anyways, on our way out to the museum, um, almost got puked on by a man who was coming off. It looked like his high of cocaine. So New York, New York, baby, the big apple. Classic, classic stuff. Uh, speaking of, of disgusting, um, that's how I'm going to cue you up for, for your rant, Luke. Cause I think that we okay. can't really, we can't really get into anything with the Detroit Tigers until we've, until we've opened the, the cork with the rant. Um, just to timestamp this for folks, this, uh, we are recording on Thursday, uh, before the Tigers have taken the field against the Minnesota twins for the first game of that series. So by the time this ends, you will know the results of the Minnesota series. But that's where we're sitting. We're sitting coming off of the uh, one in one in two effort against the Braves uh, in terms of uh, series results and in the midst of a massive losing skid. That's what I'll say. Um, but it's time for a Luke rant. You know, I wish we would have just maybe just the intro should have been you just playing that music like let me go it's like an actor's got to get prepped for the scene so to speak not that there's any acting that's going on here it's just a, a lot of just frustration look I'm gonna just get right into it here and I tweeted this out um I think four or five days ago from the Twitter account and this is an ongoing joke just a, a peek behind the curtain between myself and Alex and some of our other friends um, anyone who's been following our show now for a while knows that probably almost to like a sociopathic level when the Tigers win, my days are great. When they lose, they're just worse. And you might say to yourself, Luke, you're 28 years old. Why do you care so much about a baseball team that literally has zero effect on your life and or cares about you at all? Completely fair, completely fair. But for me, it's just a Sick, sick thing. I'm one of those people in life, whether it's sports, movies, friends, and family. When I love you, I love you. You're part of my tribe for life. Till death do us part, so to speak. When I hate you and you're on my my enemies list, I don't want to say you're dead to me, but you're pretty you're pretty close. And there's not many things or people, to be fair, that are on that list. I like to think for the most part, I'm a pretty up and lovey guy and accepting of all. But it, you know, push me, you'll get on that list. The Detroit Tigers are so very close to being put on that exclusive list that you do not want to be on a shit list for lack of a better term. Um, I don't know. And Alex and I have not talked about this at all really other than he can probably just kind of pick up on my mood, maybe just via some texts. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And I'm, 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 I'm serious. I don't, I'm not having fun. I'm not enjoying it. It feels like work. I don't get any joy. I don't get any happiness. And obviously this all stems from, the, the losing streak and just the overall rate of play that's been this season. But realistically, if you even take the last couple of weeks out of it, this isn't just something that's been building for me. Like I said, since, you know, Memorial day weekend, this has been something for me that has been building for season after season after season. There is nothing changing with this team. And I, I'm sorry, but I refuse to believe otherwise you can throw out all the bullshit statistics that they walk more than they did a year ago. Their pitchers have cut down on walks, which Scott Harris did. For, we'll get to him in a second. But if you look at this team on a surface level from 20, the last time they had a winning season, let's just say winning, that was 2016. I'm not even going to talk about getting to the playoffs. It's almost 10 years from now, 10 years ago, I should say. 
on a surface level, if you look at this team from where they're at from 2017 to where they are in 2023, they're the same. They're the exact same team, and you cannot convince me otherwise. There may be some different names on the back of the jerseys. There may be a couple of young and stud up-and-coming prospects, but it's the same shit, different toilet. You have, in my opinion, the worst owner in professional sports with Chris Illich. He is absentee. He is negligent. He, I'm sorry, the man is a fucking moron. He really is. He is a complete foon. You cannot convince me of anything else. He doesn't know how to do anything with the sport of baseball. He is a complete imbecile and he needs to sell the team. And if he doesn't want to own the team, he needs to give it off to someone who actually gives a shit about winning because it's clear that this man has absolutely no regard, no intent on ever, ever, ever bringing a championship to the city of Detroit. He is a goddamn buffoon and he is a disgrace to all of humanity. All of humanity. The guy is a complete imbecile. On top of that, Scott Harris, who, yes, jury is still out. Jury is still out, admittedly, on Scott. He's not even been with us a full year. But on top of that, the comments he made recently, there was some mm -hmm. event that happened earlier in the week that he was there, AJ Hinch was there, Matt Shepard, I think Simo, a couple of the players. He didn't speak much, and that's there's probably a reason why. But the comments he did make, let me read you some of the things that he's proud of, that he's seeing improvements and progress in about this team. Let me let me read this to you real quick here. I want to make sure I have everything correct. I don't want to misspeak. This was reported by Evan Petzold. Uh, Scott Harris highlights the progress from the Tigers this season. A 16-11 and 11 record in May. I'll give him that. That was a good month of baseball. Good job, Scott. We've started to take control of the strike zone in this organization. From 20th in pitcher walks to, four, uh, to 4th right now. From 29th and batter walks to eighth right now, dynamic defenders. Scott Harris said, the progress in my job, I have to look under the hood. I have to look at the process behind what we're doing and the outcomes. Those are some real signs of progress that are ultimately going to lead to a brighter future here in Detroit. I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. I know you're new. I know you're new. But you're going to tell fans who haven't seen a winning product in baseball since 2016 that you are actually excited about progress, that your pitchers aren't walking as many people? That your batters are walking more? That's normal baseball. The other team should be doing that if they're somewhat competent. You're excited about that? That's progress to you, you idiot? I mean, I know he can only deal with the goods that he was given from the previous tenure of Alavila. And, and we'll get to him in a moment, too, because you see what we did was last year we got rid of Tweedledee. Now we need to get rid of Tweedledumass, and that's Chris Illich. But let's talk about Tweedledee for just a second, if, if we may. He was on a podcast that Todd Frazier hosted recently where it was his first public comments, from my understanding, about his since he's been fired. He said that his two biggest trades, let me just read here. I had it pulled up. Let me read here real quick. I just want to make sure I have everything correct. He said that his two biggest trades that he regretted uh, or moves that he regretted were the Austin Meadows for Isak Paredes, and we have talked about that at nauseum. We don't need to go into any more what Austin's going through. That needs to be addressed off the field, and we hope he gets better soon. But he said that uh, he also, in hindsight, looking back, that the Astros trade, he thought, wasn't as bad when he got some of those prospects that it wasn't that bad of a deal. This is who, let's just refresh, let's go back to 2017. This is who the Tigers got for Justin Verlander when they made the deal in August of 2017. The Tigers received three prospects. Franklin Perez, who is just an injury-prone man, Daz Cameron, who had a very, very mediocre stint with the Tigers, and the only person who remains from that trade is Jake Rogers. Now, I'm going to give a semi-credit to Jake Rogers. He's actually proving to be a 
halfway reliable, I would say, backup catcher. I don't think he's going to be the next Padre Rodriguez, Yadier Molina, Johnny Bench. But as a catcher who plays some way half a de- uh, somewhat halfway decent defense and can hit you some home runs when you need it, Jake Rogers is the guy. Although I did see a stat that Jake, I think, every time he's hit a home run this season, I think the Tigers are 0-7 or 0-9 in games he's hit home runs this year. I think it's 0-7. But dating back to last season, it's 0-9. So I guess what we really need to happen is we need to stop asking Jake Rogers to hit home runs and then maybe they'll win more consistently. (laughs) Um, But that Alavila in in his mind, I feel like he just doesn't grasp reality. He doesn't grasp the fact of all of his shortcomings, but I'm not going to really go in on Alan Moore. We've done that for the last three years. We've had this show and he's gone. Let's worry about the present. And the present is this. These are some of the issues that are plaguing the tigers. And I don't see these issues going away anytime soon. I really don't. Um, let's, this is what I wrote down. Uh, so from last time we did a show, or I should say from last May to now, they are one and 11 in the month of June. The June swoon is alive and real folks. This, this is, and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Now, to be fair, they are through the toughest part of their schedule in the month of June. They've already played the Diamondbacks. They've already played the Braves. They played at that point in time a kind of banked up White Sox and Phillies teams, but they got decimated by those guys. Now they're starting to get hot. At least it looks like the Phillies are coming to kind of like the Phillies of last year. Um, Scott Harris isn't answering questions, so I think that's a big red flag right there. I mean, someone has to take accountability at some point. You can't just leave it to AJ every night to do a post game on Bally. I mean, there's other issues outside of what AJ Hinch is doing. And to be fair, although I went in on AJ earlier in the season, the issues I have with him really aren't his fault and i acknowledge that it all starts with scott harris but chris illich at the top mm-hmm. he's the owner who takes zero accountability and it's just the facts that is the absolute facts the man is a ghost nobody has seen him he really i mean he's, he's just absolutely completely checked out from this team and it's just frustrating beyond all hell another thing i'm going to say too is i think there's a real chance that at the end of the season aj hinch walks i really do i, I could be wrong hope I'm wrong because I do think A.J. Hinge is the best option the Tigers have right now. But I fear that if A.J. Hinge walks, Chris Schetter walks, Jordan Lombard walks, this whole staff of guys starts to walk. And then and then you're really like, now what do we do? Now who do we bring? I mean, I'm not saying whoever they could bring in would just be completely a failure. You got to give them a fair shake. But, I mean, you have a good manager right now on A.J. Hinge. You have a great pitching coach in Chris Fetter. They work well together. That's an issue. We're going to talk about something as well here for a second. I'm sorry. I'm just going in right now. So I hope I hope I'm not I'm really taking it all. Do you want to you want to get in a word here? No, keep going. Okay. So another issue too, and this is something you have talked about and I have talked about a lot these last couple of seasons. The Tigers are not the New York Yankees. They are not the Boston Red Sox, the LA Dodgers, the Atlanta Braves, or people where stars want to flock to that market. The Tigers and I and I know sports is like this in general, but they really are a what have you done for me lately? What free agent in their right mind, would want to come to Detroit. Why would you want to come to Detroit, the Tigers specifically, when you are, there's a chance that this team is worse than the 2022 team. I don't think that's going to happen, but there's a chance. They sure as shit, unless something changes like tonight, they're not just going to automatically turn around and be like a team that wins 15 games in a row and is back in the division. And don't even get me started, because we talk about it all the time, about all that they have to do right now is play halfway competent baseball, and you would be winning the AL Central. It's not that hard. It really isn't that hard to just tread water. Now, I will give them credit. They have a ton of injuries, and I think you can only use that card for so long. It's beyond frustrating that for the second year in a row, the same, if not more, uh, the same amount, if not more amount of injuries have piled up and are just now plaguing this team relentlessly. 
It's just, it's, it's sickening me. There's a couple other things though. There's a couple of things. This team right now has no starting pitching. And obviously that goes hand in hand with, with the current injuries that are hitting the team, but it's just brutal. I mean, right now they're out of their five stars. I think two out of their five starts, they're doing bullpen days. I mean, you're essentially right now relying on Joey Wentz, Michael Lorenzen, and then Matthew Boy and Reese Olson, who, but he's got a very short leash because he's only started what three games in the majors. You know, it's just it's frustrating. And another thing too, is from the fan side, why I think I'm getting so just over it. It's all just such a jumbled mess. I don't even know where you begin. I don't even know where you go to fix this. And here's the worst part about it too: the one thing that is fun that is kind of keeping me checked into this team a little bit is going away at the end of this season. And that one thing is Miguel Cabrera. He is, he is right now the one, even if you hate the Tigers and you haven't watched a game for years, but if you liked them back in the day when they were good and you just don't support this current regime, which I don't blame you, most people, the common Tigers fan, I feel like, hey, Miggy's got an at-bat. Let me watch this, see what he's doing here. Oh, it's his last season. I'm going to go to a game this season because I want to say I saw Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera play one last time before he hung it up. But guess what? Come October 1st, when you and I say goodbye to him and thousands of fans say goodbye to him at Comerica, that reason is gone. It's absolutely gone. The Miggy magic is gone. It's over. It's time to move on. And you hope Riley Green can take that mantle. But as much as I love Riley Green, we haven't seen enough from him. He mm-hmm. play a full season healthy. He started on the aisle last season. We have heard fits on when he is coming back this season. So in Detroit right now, it is a shit show. It is a complete and utter dumpster fire of a shit show. And I guess what I bring this all back to on this long-winded, maybe incoherent rant and vent session for me is none of this is fun anymore. After everything I just described, I feel like it's pretty its pretty like down the middle. It's not coming from a biased standpoint, maybe other than my shots at Chris Illich, but still, I mean, come on. Can you blame me? The man's track record speaks for himself. Nothing about Tigers baseball right now screams fun. And for that... I just don't care anymore. I'm going to say one last thing, and then I'm going to shut up, I promise. I, the Tigers don't owe me anything. I acknowledge that. Who am I? I'm, I'm I'm literally a nobody when it comes to fandom. There's so many other people out there that are in the same shoes. I We're nobodies. I get that. What the Tigers need to start worrying about, though, as an organization, is when you lose not specifically me, but fans like me. Who will who will support this team and will come watch you play in September or watch your games on MLB TV in September when you're 27 games under 500 and battling the Royals for fourth place? When those type of fans start to say, "I'm done. I got nothing left to give. I got nothing left to watch," that's where I think you run into issues. And the passion is there from the fan base. We just saw Oakland pack the stadium, which we should talk about here in a little bit. I would love. Love to see the Tigers fan base do something like that. Um, obviously, I don't think their situation is as bad as Oakland. And also, the Oakland situation is them literally about leaving Oakland as well. Um, whereas, you know, the Tigers are going to be in Detroit, I would assume, for the remainder of time. Uh, it's just not fun. None of this is fun. And I take it back to it's not so much about the losing streak. It's not so much about the June swoon. It's just everything, man. None of this is fun anymore. Anyone who can honestly sit there and watch these games and say they're having fun, I, I commend you. And I think we need to do a brain study on you because you are a truly, you know, unbeatable and unstoppable human being in life. Because I, for me, I'm, I'm checking out. 
I'm checking out. And I'm I'm not saying I'm checking out. I'm never going to watch a game again. I'm not doing that bit or that shtick right now. But I'm just saying it's just not fun anymore. There's nothing enticing. There's nothing exciting. I have to watch. I don't have to, but I'm, I'll watch the Tigers tonight throughout Matthew Boyd. You know, I love Matthew Boyd, but come on. He, he's not he's not a long-term solution. I have to watch them do two bullpen days and the next four games. And this is year eight. And there just seems to be no signs of it changing anytime soon. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope one day we can rewind the clocks and look at this rant and go, oh, that guy was a loudmouth idiot. He was completely wrong about everything. I truly hope that happens. And if that happens, I will treat Chris Illich and Scott Harris to a steak dinner of their choosing. But until that time comes, until I'm until I'm, you know, paying that bill, I think myself and a lot of Tigers fans are just done. They're done. And you know, it sucks. And it sucks to when you love something so much that just is no longer fun to enjoy. Maybe it's getting older, maybe it's getting a little bit wiser, maybe it's none of those things. Maybe it's just coming to grips with the thing you love most, just didn't love you back. But it just sucks. It just sucks, and it's not very funny anymore to be a Tigers fan. And, um, yeah. That's all I got. Couldn't agree with you more, Luke. Um... And one thing that I was thinking about is obviously you're a Bears fan. I'm a Lions fan. Uh, The Bears have had their ups and downs. The the Lions have been mostly down uh, since they won a championship in 1957. And I, I worry that that's where the Tigers are headed um, into that kind of lengthy drought and uh you know if we if we remember it's been since 1984 since they won a world series and uh they've been at least they've been there now the lions are among the handful of teams that have never been to a super bowl um but i i think about when when thinking about where this this tigers team is i've i've been thinking a lot about the Lions and the hope and excitement that many Lions fans have for this upcoming season in that this last year, it really felt like for the first time that the franchise perhaps turned a corner into uh, the ability to, to actually compete for the NFC North, to actually make a playoff run, to actually go beyond where they've gone in the past. And, it comes down to to something that you touched on in that in that rant, um, which is Alavila and his like looking back on rose colored glasses on on his trades. And no, Al, you lost every trade you made, um, just about. And where it felt like the Lions actually turned it around. One, it was after they finally fired Matt Millen as the GM of that team. Um, and, and that sort of regime change kind of kicked things off. And then it was the Matthew Stafford trade, um, that really, really sparked it. It feels like because the trade is now actually complete. All of the draft picks and what, what have you have been 
given. Mm-hmm. So for Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lions received Jared Goff, Ifatu Malafonwu, Jamison Williams, Josh Paschal, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporte, Broderick Martin. Yeah. A massive haul of young talent and a veteran game manager quarterback. Give up a a generational talent, which I think Matthew Stafford is, but receive eight pieces to a really good team. None of those guys are going to win you a championship in in their isolation. You don't just add Jared Goff to a to a random roster and win the win the Super Bowl. Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl, I think. He can manage your team if you put the right talent around him. It can happen. And that's what the Lions have going for them going into this season. We also have in Detroit a head coach that many, many fans would run through a brick wall for, especially after hard knocks. Uh-huh. Did you say they might do a season two hard knocks with the Lions for real? Love. They absolutely should. That coaching staff is ins- insane and mm-hmm. they're in the best way. Yep. And none of that energy exists in the Tigers bullpen or the Tigers dugout mm-hmm. clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Organization as a whole, yeah. Yeah, overall. It's just not there. Yeah. Um we don't have and this is and this is not a knock on AJ Hinch. I think AJ Hinch, I agree, is the right manager for this team mm-hmm. to get us to the next level. But he's not Dan Campbell. He's not going out into press conferences and getting all of us fired up. Because there's nothing to get us fired up about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, Dan Campbell's first few press conferences. No, no one else had bought into the Lions yet except Dan Campbell. And so he came off as an absolute weirdo and a maniac. A lunatic. Not in, not in a great way. Yeah. yeah. And then the team started to, to start to win more games than they should. And then we all went, okay, hang on. Now I'm, now I'm here for it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that with A.J. Hinch. No. We don't have that with Scott Harris. We don't have we don't have a Matthew Stafford type piece to move for a haul like this. Yeah. Nor nor do I they're so far into this thing, rebuild wise. I want them to just go buy a good team. Who does that fall on? Sell the team Chris. Yeah. So he's never gonna. He's never going to do it. He's not gonna do it. He's. It, it's. It goes back to what I just said a moment ago, uh, and that was. Those are some really good points. It was a great comparison between the Lions and the Tigers. Um, oh my! Uh, because I. I think that it, it is night and day. It is night and day um, with the excitement level. You can. I'm. I'm not a Lions fan, but I'm around a lot of Detroit fans, sports fans, for half my year, and you can just feel this buzz right now for the Lions. Now I have said in the past, temper your expectations just a little bit, Lions fans. I don't want to, I don't want you guys to get too excited, but there definitely is a hype and a buzz that should a hundred percent be there. Um, and that hype and buzz 
does not even nearly nearly exist with the Tigers. And it is funny looking at AJ Hinch. And I don't need AJ Hinch to go out in a press conference like Dan Campbell said and say we're going to eat your kneecaps and we're going to F you up and all this other stuff. I don't need him to do that. But what was the one big thing AJ Hinch said? It was in his first season, uh, when they were a pretty fun team through the summer of 21. He uh, might be paraphrasing here. It said something along the lines of like, well, we're going to make Detroit a place where players are going to want to come and play for us. And if you don't want to play for us, we're going to beat you. Mm -hmm. Wrong, 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 wrong. And I like that idea of AJ, you know, being a little, maybe being a little sharp with the tongue, being a little fresh, you know, throwing some shots. I love that. You just haven't backed it up at all. Spencer Torkelson, I think he said it was either in spring training or in a game earlier in the season. He said, we rake. We rake. Well, no, none of you rake, Spence. None of you. And Spence, I know you had the walk-off and the big home runs these last couple of games, but you, sir, of anyone, you don't rake. You don't. And I'm not going to call him a bust yet. I'm not. But his clock, is, as far as I'm concerned, is just about out of him being, not saying an overall bust of a major league player, but being this big first round draft pick that changes your franchise yeah. and goes out there and smacks 40 to 50 home runs a season, season after season after season. We're just about at times up. Yeah. Time's he's up not the guy him. in that regard. He's not the guy. He, he's not, not, he's not going to be that guy. I'm no. not saying he can't be a guy. He's just not going to be that big 40 home run driving 120 RBIs guy, like prime Miggy. Like we're about at the point where we're saying, yeah, that ship has sailed. Now let's find a new, a new recreation of what he will be, um, you know. Yeah, I mean it's, that's it's the, the same that's thing. the that's the thing with this entire roster is none of them are the guy. Mm -hmm. There's not mm -hmm. there's not a franchise player on this roster currently. Miguel Cabrera mm -hmm. was Miguel Cabrera mm -hmm. was the franchise guy. Absolutely, absolutely. Big power hitter was going to get you, was exactly who you wanted to come up to bat in the bottom of the ninth. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. Every single time, and and he's not supposed to be the guy right now, but he he was the yeah. guy. We don't have the guy. We have Dennis Rodman in Javi <laughs> Baez. We probably have Scottie Pippen in Riley Green. Yeah, we don't have Michael Jordan. No, we don't have that no. guy. We don't have. We got Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, yeah, That's boy. Let me got. tell you. That's how you win six championships. Is I don't think they're I don't think they're making a last dance documentary about Michael Lorenzen with all with all due respect to Michael. Um, you're right. I would they, take, they don't. I and, would take yeah. Michael Jordan on this team at this point. <laughs> you know, it's it's such a it's it, it is frustrating, and I I know I ranted, so I'm not going to rehash all that. Uh, you know, all that word vomit, but I don't know how you can call yourself a fan and be okay with this. I know fans are going to fan the way you want to fan. That's great. But if, even if you're a casual fan, isn't it tiresome to every year when you periodically look at the standings or the Tigers record, oh, yeah, they're shitty again. All right. Well, what else is going on? Like it's the same thing time after time. This team has not had a winning season in eight years. Mm -hmm. This team has not been to a playoff game in almost 10 years. I think next to the Angels, they have the longest postseason drought. Does no one think that that is an issue that needs to be rectified immediately? Like, now? And I think 
that, and I've seen a lot of tweets too, a lot of things that are going under the radar that's the big issue with the team. I think the way the Tigers develop players in the minors is wrong. That's what I'm saying where I think there are so many things. That, there are way more issues than there are solutions with this team that I don't even know where you begin. I tweeted it out mm-hmm. the other day, and I kind of mean it. I know I just said it needs to be fixed immediately, but there's a part of it that's like, you know what, blow it up. Blow the whole thing up. Let Scott Harris get into the lab. Do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. And pray to God that rather than having to go through another five to eight years of the baseball shit that we've been seeing, maybe he can figure out a, a solution in two to three. Pray, you know? But there's a part of it that you know, let him blow it up. When Biggie's off the books and Scope is gone next season and Erod probably walks if he's not traded, you know, you'll have Javi's contract lingering unless he decides to opt out. Please, Javi, please opt out. Please do it. Um, every time, that, every time I talk to a Cubs fan, I say, "You guys can have him back whenever you want." Yeah, take him, take him, take him. You know, and it's not. And again, it's 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 in terms of the offense, it's not just Javi Baez's fault. You know, we said a lot last season. It's like you know, when you look back at 2022, you know, nobody was like, "Well, you know, if Jonathan Scope just would have hit like Jonathan Scope, the Tigers' offense would have been fine." No, no, the entire offense as a whole was anemic. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with the 2023 Tigers offense. Yes, they are better than the 2022 team. I will give them that. But what is that saying? You'll you'll won 66 games in 2022. Is that is that the bar that we're settling for? You know, it's so interesting um, being on Twitter. And I think so many Tiger fans, myself included, would honestly be over the moon if this team could just barely win some games if they could barely get to a 500 record mm-hmm. honestly if they, could, if they could win 81 games sorry i had to think of the math for a second in my head <laughs> if they could win 81 games i think so many fans myself included would be like finally it'd be like the scene yeah. at the end of rocky four when he's like training on the mountain to fight drago you'd let like a victory scream you really would that's the tiger's mindset you go on twitter or you watch other teams play watch we just watched the braves come to town that is a team that knows how to win. They take advantage of every miscue, every opportunity, and they catch it in. The Diamondbacks are the same way. Good, good for the Diamondbacks and that fan base. That is going to be a fun team to watch. Every for time Kerry Carpenter can't hold on to a ball, right. they are going to find a way to score. Yeah, I you know going back to Scott Harris, the defense, the defense is stronger. Whatever. Are you kidding me? In the same inning. And that game one of the doubleheader against the Braves, you had Kerry Carpenter make an error and Nick Mayton make an error. It's like the defense, I don't know the exact numbers, but this is not a, a lights out defense by any means. I still have to hold my breath every time a ball is hit to Javi Baez at shortstop. He's either going to skip it in the dirt or he's going to somehow find a way to throw it to forward field, I'm convinced. The man is not reliable at short. Better than last year, I'll give him that, but I still am like, oh my God, is he going to make it? And he made it. Okay, great. You know, I've never seen a guy sometimes luck his way through the position like hobby Baez has done it short really it's just there there are there are far too many problems and not nearly enough solutions with mm-hmm. the detroit tigers organization i'm not even going to say the team anymore it's the organization as a whole it starts at the top with chris illich i'm giving scott harris a semi-pass i hated his comments he made i hated the fact that he did nothing coming into the 23 season but i'm going to give him a slight pass because he is the new guy he hasn't even been here for a full year but beyond that i just they're they're just a mess and i and i want to give myself optimism about Holt keith and case young and jackson Job and parker meadows and justin henry malloy but even when I think about those guys, then I just start to think back when we got excited when, oh my God, Casey Mize is coming to pitch. Eric Trubel's making his debut. Spencer Torkelson's going to start the team in 2022. And how of all of those 
How have all those guys done? The guys that were even bigger prospects than the Malloys and the Parker Meadows. How 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 have those guys fared? Well, Casey Mize is yet to pitch a full season. Same with Tarek Skubal. Spencer Torkelson, you know, damn near a bust at this point. Riley Green can't stay healthy. Matt Manning can't stay healthy. The list goes on and on. It's just, it's, it's, this entire organization is tragic. And it just is never, in my opinion, going to get any better until Chris Elich and the Illich family sell this team. And if you're not going to sell it, open up the checkbook. Last time I looked, aren't the Illiches worth like three point some billion? Like, yep. come on, you can't, you can't spend, you can't spend a little money to bring in some star talent, some star power. A lot of money in pizza. <laughs> yeah, their pizza's not that great either, and I and I don't care. I'm going full heel today on the Illiches. Yeah. Okay, Luke. Four billion. Four billion. Sorry, I know we did the transition. I'm not supposed to be ranting anymore. But four billion. That's what the Illiches are worth. You can't you can't bring in anyone. We gotta bring in Tyler Nevin. That's we we get Tyler Nevin for four billion. Oh wow, great. Chase and Shreve. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Chris. Hope you choke on a little Caesar's hot and ready to go. But then you regurgitate it up so you keep on living. I'm not that much of a psychopath. But I do not like Chris Illich. I think I made my points clear there. Okay, uh, on the category of the defense is better, how many players on the roster or that have been on the roster this season have a fielding wins above replacement that is positive? I'm going to say zero. It's a little higher than zero. One? A little higher than that. It is single digits, though. I'm going to say four. Six is the, is the, total, okay. is the total answer. Who has right. the highest wins above replacement for fielding? Defensively? Um, let's go Zach McKinstry. Oh, man, he's not even... Is that even one of the six? No. He's like one of the guys that's actually halfway okay this season that people aren't really like that pissed with. He's um, Zach McKinstry's minus 0.1. Okay. Uh, positive defensive war. All right, let's see here. Um, the answer I'll go Jonathan, may surprise you. Jonathan Scope? He is positive, but he's not the top. He's 0.3. Javi Baez. Javier Baez, Mr. Error himself. Mr. Dirtball himself. The guy who committed the most errors at his position last year. <laughs> or just, you know, was it or was it all fielders? It was all baseball. Yeah, it was all the baseball. The most yeah, errors. 26 or 28? Yeah. Is currently our best defensive win to get wins above replacement and he can't throw it across the infield. <laughs> no, he can't. He can't. <laughs> he really can't, man. Crazy how he can't do it, how he can't hit torque in the chest. It's, I know it sounds like such a little league complaint, but it's like, come on, man, you make $140 million. How many errors has Javi Baez committed this season? 
Uh, is it in single digits? It is in single digits. I'm going to say eight. Very close. It's nine. Eight. That was my first. I should have gone my gut. I was going to say nine. I thought it was right on the right on the cusp. Nine times. He's Which made is errors. nearly times. nearly 25% of the team's total errors. All right. And, and boy, that's the best defender we have. Yeah. Yeah. Great job, Javi. <laughs> Great job, everybody. Great job, Tigers. Ever all-around team victory on that one. The defense is better, Scott Harris. Get out of here with that comment. Yeah. He had. I, uh, I'm trying I to see guess how many... kind of. We're we'll talking. Many... I think he. Yeah. Go ahead. We're talking very, very incremental. Incrementally better which this is not a team that needs to be incrementally better, as we've said many, many times already oh, during yeah. this show. Yeah, it's... Uh, I can't find his defensive uh, thing pulled up here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th that's what it goes... I know he led the league in errors last year. I don't know how many it was. I think it was 26 or 28. could be wrong. But... Um, uh, I guess he's pacing to it's be incremental. better than that. I guess... I think, only, I think I'll give him credit. It'll only be 19 I, or 20 errors this year for Javi. Yeah, I'll give him credit. I don't think he'll surpass what he did last year. If it's at 26 or 28, I'm right. I really have a hard time seeing him, you know, almost 20 more errors this season. But then again, you, we're only in June. We've still, still got three full months of baseball left to play and for us to watch. So you know, stranger things have three and a half, really. Um, yeah, you know, that's another thing, too. I said it in the beginning, and you said it, and I, we've all said it. You don't have to be that good right now. I think yeah. the Twins are 35 and 33. They are two games over 500. The, the Tigers could sweep the Twins in this weekend and, and only be like a game out of... Yeah, well, there's seven out right now. So they, if they were to sweep so the three Twins out. this weekend, they, they'd be three games out of first place. So that's my point. And, and, I, and I will say this, and I did tweet this out earlier today after my brief little, my little Twitter uh, slumber, so to speak. Um, the if the Tigers want to give and if if the Tigers get swept this weekend, if the Tigers lose three out of four, I I think you you lose everybody. You lose everybody. I think if the Tigers even split the series, you're still going to lose people. They can find a way to win this series somehow. Sweep the Twins. The Twins are not a great baseball team. Like no. look at look at the stats for their guys. I mean, we're complaining about Javi Bias. Carlos Correa is not a whole of a lot, hell of a lot better right now. I would I would I would actually take still Carlos Correa over Javi. That's just, you know, goes without saying, but he's also not great either this season. Buxton's not having a great season. That whole team is just floundering really, but you want to make things interesting. You want to start getting on that path of maybe making a guy like me eat my words, find a way to win this series. You mm -hmm. haven't won a series this month. You've won one game. You've blown a couple of games that you should have had, you know, but then again, I, I take it back. I start like getting optimistic in my brain and I'm like, wait a minute. They're not. They they have two bullpen days coming up against in this series, you know. But this this is what the Tigers do. They they will find a way, maybe win some games, and then they'll just completely implode again, you know. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, we knew at some point this season that the shoe was going to drop and this team was going to really show who they were. Um, the the month of May was a nice little treat, but the month of June was just I think more coming crashing back down to reality to, to be fair and I, again i have to i have to look at this i try to be as unbiased and you know down the middle as i can be 
I only had this team winning, I think, 73 games, maybe 74 mm-hmm. games. I always kept saying, better than 2022, not as good as 2021. And as of now, they're still on that trajectory to, you know, kind of land in that spot. But it doesn't make it any easier to watch. And, and again, what does that say about our mindset as a fan of this organization? Where yeah. we are just saying, yeah, you know, if they get to 75, 76 wins, it's, that's progress. That's good stuff. No. No, you haven't played winning baseball since 2016. You haven't been in the playoffs in almost 10 years. We shouldn't be getting excited at the notion of winning 77 games. Like that's some sort of accomplishment. It's not. It isn't. It isn't. And I know Scott Harris is the new guy. Maybe in his mind that is. But I'm sorry. If we're looking at this as a regular fan of baseball, and if you look at this team of how they've performed the last 10 years, that is not an accomplishment. It's a little bit better than the shit that you've been used to over the last 10 years, but it's not much to celebrate about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's worth celebrating if there is something clear coming down the pike that takes it to the next level. And there isn't, there just absolutely is not at this moment. They could, they could finish at, in my mind, as a fan, they finish 75, 75, 77 wins. Then that to me, what I expect is Chris Illich to be like, oh, see, we're making progress. I don't need to spend money. Yeah. As opposed or, to saying 77 wins. Okay. Let's go get three guys that are going to really take us. Or he's going to, he's going to revert back and make some shiny moves like he did from 21 to 22. Now I'll give Chris Illich credit. He did spend money that off season. It just happens to be everybody he spent money on turned out to either be a complete bust is injured um, or no longer is on the team. So it's just like with, you know, Kaven's gone, Tucker Barnhart's gone, Austin Meadows. Well, that was a trade to be fair. So not a signing, but Erod hurt. Javi Baez is is healthy, but he's, you know, arguably villain number one amongst Tigers fans. No one I know really is overly happy with Javi or wants him to stick around past the season. So I don't know. And we'll never know the behind closed door meetings of what Chris is saying to Scott. Um, you know, if he's giving him a budget, so to speak, but you said it perfectly. No, nothing is coming down the road. That is exciting. There's not a, there's not a hype or a buzz around this Detroit team. Like there is the lions. They're just, it's, it's floundering. And they just continue to flounder and flounder and flounder. And I will bring it back to the point. I said in my rant, the one thing that I think is keeping people excited and tuning in for God knows what reason this season is the Miguel Cabrera farewell tour. You're not going to have that in 2024. You're not, you're not going to have the Miggy nostalgia to bank on that. You're going to maybe get some people in the stands or keep tuning into your broadcasts. He's going to be gone. And then you're going to actually have to be like, Oh shit. uh, The fan favorite, he's not here. And this guy's hurt. And this guy's not living up to potential. And this guy can't hit. This guy doesn't pitch and he can't field. We're actually, we're screwed if they don't know that already. If they don't know that already, yeah. you know, Scott, I wonder if he honestly looks at this team. He's, he's done a lot of assessing. You know, that was his big thing too. I have to assess, you know, what I'm going on. He said, I got to be under the hood of the car. Figuring, okay. So let me ask you this question, Scott Harris. We are now almost three months into this season. Have you not seen enough of an assessment from Jonathan scope? Have you not seen enough of an assessment from Nick Mayton that you can't bring up a Justin Henry Malloy? You go out and you bring in a guy off of waivers like Nick Solak. No disrespect to him. He's never even played in a major league game with the Tigers yet. But you got a guy like Parker Meadows, who's been in the organization now for a while, who's just 
hanging out in AAA. You're assessing, assessing, assessing. Why would you not assess a guy who's been around now for a few seasons rather than go pick someone up off the waiver wire? Like, wh- where where does that come from? Are you? I know what he's trying to do. He's hoping that maybe he can strike gold with one of these waiver wire pickups. But thus far, nothing really positive. I know Andy Abani has had his Which moments, what I will say, like, uh, I think Nick Solak is a great waiver wire pickup if we can keep him in the organization. That's because we've got a friend of a friend who friend who maybe said we can get him on the show. Who knows? Well, also, also when when he came up with uh, when he was up with the Rangers, um, he there was some pop in that bat, and I think that there's there's a lot of a lot of potential in him as a player. Um, he just needs some time to develop, and right now, why not in Detroit? It's not like anybody. Well, if he's anybody if he's who's looking in the, to, to... the lineup any day is is uh, doing anything worthwhile at the moment. Well, if he's looking to develop in Detroit, um, his first course of action should be to get the hell out of Detroit because that's where players need to be developed, go to die. I'm convinced Um, because just no one, no one that the Tigers developed from the minor leagues that I've seen as of late ever has amounted to anything. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not great. And you got to kill the dude who's injured now. I know Kerry Carpenter is back. Matt, you know, and again, this is this is the sick sick game I play as a Tigers fan. I just ranted why I hate this, and I don't even want to really watch them anymore. But then my mind starts thinking, okay, well maybe all right, maybe if Kerry Carpenter becomes that guy, maybe if Matt Beerling becomes that guy, and I just have to keep telling myself, Luke, it's never going to happen. They could be maybe some small complimentary pieces, but Kerry Carpenter is not the next Miguel Cabrera. I think we all know that. Right now, we love him. Riley Green isn't even going to be the next Miguel Cabrera. He can't stay healthy, and I'm not knocking Riley. It sucks. Injuries happen, but it's like. You know, it's just it's 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 just not a great state of affairs, and it's so frustrating to watch so many of these other teams, like the Pirates or the Reds mm-hmm. or the Orioles, who were just in the basement with us a couple years ago, who now are either on top of your the Orioles or Pirates, who are also you know considerably better, or a team like the Reds, who are setting themselves up to be very fun to watch for several seasons to come. Mm-hmm. Same thing can be said about the team I just mentioned a moment ago, the Diamondbacks. It wasn't that long ago. They were in the cellar with us as well. And it seems like it's always the same three or four teams hanging out, getting picked last for dodgeball between the A's, the Royals, the Tigers, and more recently the Nationals. You can always count on those four teams to be probably in the bottom uh, bottom third of the league, if not bottom five, you know, so – it just sucks. You know, this has not been a, a pick-me-up episode by any means, uh, but I think uh, people kind of had to expect that was coming. But uh, just it's not great right now, and I'm yeah. sorry. I refuse to be positive and say it's going to be better anytime soon. I don't think it will be. I agree. Uh, and while the product on the field might not be better, uh, we do have some exciting interviews in the works on the show here, mm-hmm. so make sure you keep tuning in. Got a, a couple of different other projects as well, so just just stay tuned to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. Uh, subscribe on the Substack so you don't miss anything. Go check us out on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, and we will see you there as we all continue to suffer through the 2023 season of the Detroit Tigers. Luke, talk to you soon. I'll try to be in a better mood next week. <laughs> <laughs>